Hey everyone, we're excited to be with you again. Uh, I'm Heath Haynes. I'm one of our elders here at the bridge. I'm also the house church leader for one of our Heights house churches. Today we, we have um, Travis and Libby Hall with us. Um, lucky us, I'll tell you. Uh, Travis is one of our elders as well. And um, Travis and Libby lead our West Side house church. And, and man, we are lucky to have them if you know them. They're phenomenal, and man, we've had some amazing people on, and I, and yes, it's gushy, but it's true. So, Travis and Libby, thank you guys for joining us. We're excited to hear what you have to share. We're excited to be yeah, here for thanks, Steve. Well, cool. Well, it's been such a great series, just thinking about what is the church, and you know, and as a Christ follower, and really as something that has been characteristic of the Bridge community over the years, is there's always just been this evidence of a, of a, of a real desire um, to live out our, our faith, to live out our way of life, and the church kind of true to uh, the heart and character of God and true uh, to scripture. And, um, and, and there's always just this sincere kind of ache that I've observed over the years, too, of like, of living as if we actually believe what God promises and commands in scripture uh, to, to be, to show that it's actually good and true. And so, um, it's been a great uh, kind of journey over these past few weeks as we've kind of really been saying, okay, we want to know what the church is meant to be um, from scripture. You know, we're asking what is the church and seeking to fully root our identity and life together from what we see in scripture and the life and teaching of Jesus, making sure that we're not led, you know, to the left or to the right by kind of culture or, or what's comfortable or even, you know, kind of history, right? And that's, that's kind of both kind of the history of the church over the years, as well as just all of our own personal histories or lack thereof of what we came up through. And so, so we've really, you know, it's been a wonderful journey to really kind of pursue the word of God. And in that pursuing the person of Jesus in our seeking to understand what the church is. And so just a quick review, you know, we started with the person of Jesus and we want to know what the church is. It starts with the person of Jesus. Um, one, because to be a part of the, the church as God defines it, it, it's, it starts with a relationship with him through Jesus. It starts with, with a confession and surrender and belief that Jesus indeed come to save and redeem the world, including you and me. And it starts with that confession. And then in that, we see that in the, in the, word, the way that Jesus came to, to shape and lead us, he actually established us as a people and that he makes the church the church. Uh, he, he, he creates the people. And he says that Jesus in Colossians and Ephesians, that he is the head of the church. That's why we started with him. And then if we, if we indeed share an identity that's given us in Christ, we naturally take on the purpose of Jesus. And that was our second week. And we saw how the church was both uh, equipped and, uh, and released to the mission, the very same mission that Jesus came to earth for, and that is the redeeming work of God in Christ to provide the redemption and salvation and restoration of the world. And so that we we are, are called into that as well as equipped and released for that. And then that led us to our third foundation was the people of Jesus. And it was, okay, it is through this people that, God, that he establishes and that he equips how, how does that happen? How does God equip the church through the church? So that was what we unpacked last week. And so that brings us to this week. And, and you know, you, you, I think everyone's heard it by now. You know, we were forced to live uh, kind of and exist in house churches as a result of the pandemic. Um, 
But one of the things we, we quickly realized and felt was, was that kind of the, 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 the handcuffs had been taken off. We kind of, it felt really natural. And like it was, there was a familiar way of life and there was some sweetness to it in all of the difficulty. And again, the lamenting of missing people. Um, but to see like a greater opportunity that, that came and and out of that um you know we're pursuing what it means to continue to exist as a network of house churches um moving forward and so so with that if you hear that i know one of the first questions that comes to all of our minds and all of our hearts is okay like what does that mean for me like how does that what does that mean like how's that supposed to change my life how's that supposed, how, how is that gonna change my life and we, and we want to we want to address some of that today um, and so this week we're looking at the product of Jesus. And just what I mean by that is if all of these foundations we've talked about, the person, the purpose, and the people of Jesus are in place, the, the, the church that exists is a result of that. It's, a, it's, a, it's an output of that. It's the idea that the form that we take follows the function that we've been given as a people of Jesus called together for a specific place in a specific time for the mission of the gospel. And so this week is really application. It's application of the last three weeks. So, so there really won't be anything brand new. It'll just be kind of, hey, what does this mean for us? And how did God take this to lead us to what we're doing? Um, and, and just with that being said, I want to encourage you and really just ask you, like especially as if you're a covenant partner or someone who is saying the bridge is my people and my place. If you've missed any of this past series, please, please, please take the time to go and listen through those teachings and then find someone either in your house church or in your gospel community to, to, to discuss and share and pray through the implications of those because you really can't get to today rightly without those foundations. So I'm looking forward to today. So before we go any further, um, Travis, why don't you pray for us? Yeah. Uh, Father God, um, we are so thankful that um, you are the foundation that you are the foundation for our church, um, for our community. You are the foundation for our salvation um, and that you are the foundation for everything. Um, and we just, we pray Father God that as we move forward and we try to pursue uh, what you have for our community, that we would just fully rely on your Holy Spirit that is living within us as um, we discussed last week, um, knowing that anything is possible because you are dwelling within us. Um, and so I pray that as we kind of dive in today, that we, we start to explore um, the endless possibilities um, that we would just be, uh, we, we would not put you in a box that we would not put all the, the, what you can do um, within our humanly confines because you are not bound by any of that. Um, so I just pray that you would um, use this discussion today just to, um, help us further realize all of the wonderful things that you have in store for our community mm -hmm. and for us as your people. Um, mm -hmm. And um, thank you just so much for allowing us to be a part of what you are doing. Yeah. We ask this for yeah. you. Amen. Amen. So, so naturally, you know, after talking about all that and we're, we're starting to move into to application of, you know, kind of what we've been talking about the last few weeks. I mean, the first question that comes to mind is, is okay, we, we have the Jesus as the foundation, but what is a house church and where do we go? Yeah, that is a good place to start for sure. And <laughs> let me just kind of share our best stab at a, at a, at a kind of 
contained definition. So here, here's, here's how we would define a house church. A house church is a community of Christ followers that share responsibility for each other's well-being, growing in Christ, and pursuing gospel mission with leaders who have been called to shepherd a disciple-making community. That's our best stab. Yeah, there's definitely a lot in that. Um, so hopefully, uh, maybe you can break that down for us, Eve. I'll try. I'll try a little bit. So here, I want to share this graphic, um, this idea, and this kind of can help us. And so you see here, I mean, again, I, we don't ever want to blow past this. Like it starts with an encounter with Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and to say that, you know, to start off to say that we are a community of Christ followers, we are certainly not saying that there is not room for people who don't believe. There has to be people who don't believe and there has to be people who don't know. But when we're talking about, again, the church being the people of God, um, established and reconciled in Jesus and called together for a place and a time. Um, and, and, and we'll see in the rest of the definition kind of how it makes room for the rest of that. But we see that it starts with an encounter in Jesus. And that's why, you know, Christ is in the center. And we see that we are a people formed by faith, held together by the work of Jesus. And so we see that. Um, and then again, in encounter, just as we just said, that results in a people committed to the commands of God, the cause of Christ, the purpose of Jesus. And we see right there in Matthew 22 uh, and Matthew 28, the great commandments, right? To, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, love God. And then he says this, Jesus says the second command, the second most important commandment is like it. Is that he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we see this, this commitment that is a people that have committed to love God and love people. And that is, again, that's there, there, there is no bounds to that. There's no categories to that. It's love God and everything that we do, love all people, including one another and including the world that needs to know Jesus. And then with that, that leads to making disciples. Jesus, last thing he said in Matthew 28 was, you know, Hey, you know, he says, go into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And so this is, again, the beginning. As we encounter Jesus, then we are called together as a people that are committed to this. Love God, love people, make disciples. And then there is a way of life that the shape, the church is shaped to embody. And we see that in a couple, you know, lots, all of scripture, but a couple we're going to point to here is Acts 2.42-47. First Peter 2, 9. And we see that, you know, the, the, the substance, the, 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 and the activity of the, the, the people of God in the church in these communities is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer, right? And so there is a, a commitment, a deep commitment to, to growing in the truth and word of God. There's accountability to it. There's a pursuit of holiness and repentance as we are confronted and we encounter God's liberating and transforming truth. And with that, there's, there is, again, a commitment to teach and not just a few, but of all. We'll talk about that in a second. There is a, a, a not just a rhythmic, but a sharing of life, not just in some moments, but a sharing of life more holistically. Um, and again, and then I love as Acts 2 continues, it talks about how, how all came upon every soul. So there is a deep worship, a deep expectation and experience of the Holy Spirit and, and, to, and opportunities of ushering each other into intimacy with God and experiencing him in real ways. And then as well, we see that it says in, in multitudes were added to their numbers. People were added to their numbers daily. And so there's an expectation of a gospel renewal movement people encountering Jesus in that the, the church, the people of God would be the ones 
again, taking, taking Jesus out there. And then we see lastly, that it's not just up to a few. It's the priesthood of believers, right? It's all who are in Christ are meant to be the very stewards of God's presence in each other's life. And so they are all responsible for that. And that's where we see everyone, every person using their gifts and sharing responsibility. So that's Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. And the reason why we're just referencing these, because again, this is a review from the last three weeks. So again, please go back and listen if you haven't heard that. But again, to say like, this is what a house church has to be. It's not just aspirational. Like this is the characteristic. And so this is what we see present. It's what we're saying we're committing our lives to. And so that's our heart. That, that's what we would set a house church uh, to be. Was that, uh, helpful? was that helpful? Yeah, for sure. Good. I, I have a question that it made me think of, and I, um, I think it's because I've never seen, like I've never been a part of a church that's a, like a house church model church. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's almost like sometimes hard. It's like hard to know what you don't know or, or imagine mm -hmm. what you can't see. But like, as like we move forward towards this, like what main opportunities do we as the bridge, do the elders see for mm. us um, in pursuing like a house church model? Yeah. Oh man, that's such a good question. Um, I love, uh, as I've been thinking about that leading up to this, you know, I think if I could say one word, the first word that comes to mind is ownership. Um, and, and I know that this is going to come up some more as we go, but like, yes, there is a, a challenge and a call to personal ownership of, again, like all that God has told us that we are to be in Christ, what we're to pursue in Christ and what we're to be as a church. And so there is a challenge of a call to ownership um, but there's also an invitation and a wider door to ownership um, that I'm really excited about. And again, it's like, as has already been said, like, without it, we will not last. <laughs> like, it won't, it won't stay around. Like, we'll be gone. Like, we'll just go eventually to other churches and, well, okay, whatever. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so ownership and like an invitation to a wider door of ownership. Um, and, and Travis, I'm looking forward to you kind of sharing some more about that in a second. Um, but, you know, one of our biggest opportunities, one of our biggest prayers is making the change where um, we no house church will exist unless there is a disciple making leader, a person with a conviction and a compelling for it to. Because what that because what we hope to see is that people who want to see Jesus taken to new neighborhoods, to their neighborhood. And they have a passion for that and a hunger for that because they've experienced Jesus in that way. And they know that God made the church to be his primary means of bringing his redemptive work and message of Jesus to the world. And so they have a compelling for that. And they're saying like, hey, I want to take the gospel here. And man, I need some people to come with me. We want to see that's why our house churches exist. And I just say that to kind of contrast the way that kind of a small group ministry typically works and the way it has worked for us, honestly, is that, you know, we see that we have our people spread through a geography and because we understand the importance of, of group life and transformational relationships, you know, we say we need groups here, 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 and here. And then we say we need to get leaders in those groups and we look for leaders in those areas that are, you know, and we have, we've had amazing leaders and amazing groups over the years, but the groups exist as a ministry of the bridge. But what we want to pursue is that the seat, the central leadership uh, and resource of the bridge exists to sol solely exist to support the ministry of every house church. So really, the, one of the biggest differences in benchmarks of a house church existing is a leader that has a conviction and a burden and a compelling for it to exist. 
And that's where we just want to champion and come alongside. And again, it's where you start to see the pathway open up for like why disciple making discipleship is necessary, right? Like more urgency because it's about people experiencing Jesus and that's going to happen through the church. And we've got to, we've, we've got to raise people up and let them go. And so, so it's really, really um, just, again, that, that's where I would say one of the bigger things um, and, you know, just quickly to unpack a couple of things, you know, there's some things that house churches are really good at. There's some things that house churches struggle at. And just to call some of those into light real quick and focus, you know, what are house churches good at? They're really good at making disciples. They're really good at, you know, disciple making. And we're talking about like from, from pre-encounter and curiosity of Jesus to unleashing mature followers of Christ. Like that's what house churches are great for because we, we need to reach people far from God. Um, Man, praise God over the years, Google has sent so many people our way. Um, and those are, and man, there's people that are looking for a church. Um, and man, I pray that we continue to be a place that those people can find a home. But there are far more people that will never initiate a move towards a faith community. And what they need is that long, patient and faithful relationship over time where someone is living their faith out, where someone is proclaiming the gospel and word and deed as the Holy Spirit empowers and leads. And that these, these communities of the gospel become the, the place that they get to encounter the love and grace and truth of God. And so we see for the person who is truly far from God, who is not going to get there on their own, these house churches are going to be more equipped and suited for that. And not to mention, it's just a simpler way of life. So prayerfully, it leaves more room for you to be in relationship with those people. Also, as, as us growing in our faith, we know that God uses transformational relationship, and that necessitates proximity, time, vulnerability, and accountability. And man, like these house churches, what we're pursuing of, of being a people called together for this, this little geography in this place and time, owning one another and the mission of the gospel. We see transformational relationships. We see loving accountability. We see, um, we see again, a space for that to be all the more. And, um, and then the church gets to be more well-rounded well because there's more room and more necessity for all to use their and share their gifts, as we said a minute ago. And then the last thing is just a, a greater opportunity for truer diversity, cultural and ethnic diversity. Um, you know, our, our Sundays kind of drive our culture, and most churches' Sundays, uh, really, if you, most churches' Sundays drive their cultures. And no matter how hard you try, there is a pretty narrow scope of cultural, cultural accessibility. And, man, I, I have seen it over and over again. I have full confidence and faith that any person from any walk of life, any, any, any person can walk into our midst and feel and, and be absolutely loved and accepted. I've seen it over and over again. But we all know what it's like to be an outsider. We all know what it's like to be new. We all know what it's like to, 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 to not be common. And man, if someone walks in and they don't see themselves in a space, we probably won't, there's oftentimes we won't have the chance to actually share that love and acceptance with them. And that's just the reality of our humanity. And so with house churches being scattered about, living on mission in this way, everyone owning it, while a singular house church may actually end up being more culturally narrow than a Sunday, as a whole, we can actually be infinitely um, more, you know, wider in our culture because every house church will exist in its own culture of a community and will take on the personality of that community as well as the personality of those in it. And that's not going to be as monolithic or, or, or you know, kind of 
one ethnocentricity. And so that's really, really exciting. And I know that's always been near and dear to our hearts. And so we're excited about that. A couple of things that house churches are not great at. They're not great at speaking to power. They're not great at responding to large scale need. And that's where we are really excited about continuing to exist as a collective of house churches where we share mission, vision, values, and live kind of under the authority of one eldership. Because then we can, as we come to these needs that exceed that of our house church, which most house church, most needs are going to be able to be met within the house church, but then a house church can kind of call those near other near communities and say, hey, we need some help responding to this need, whether it's internal or external. And then there's going to be those crises that always come that are bigger than that. And we would need all of us to come together. Or when we need to speak to power, like right now in this cultural moment where the church needs to be leading the way crying out against the injustice and inequality that grieves the heart of God as, a, as there is this real picture that somehow humanity thinks that we're not all created in God's image and equal. Like that takes all of us. Um, and so we're really, so again, those are things that house churches are great at. Those are things that a single house church can, can need help with. And that's where we're pursuing to live as a collective of house churches. So you know, I hope those things are helpful. I know there's a lot there. Um, I want to give a chance just to kind of put some some heart and life in this from you guys. And that's why you guys are here, Travis and Libby. Uh, I want to ask you guys, like, what's most compelling or what's most exciting to you about what we are pursuing and existing as a network of house churches? Um, yeah, thanks, Heath. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this question, and it's almost hard for me to give as always, a succinct answer. Um, but the best way I can describe it is almost um, what has, what's gotten me like, ex like most excited is the idea of um, like the paradigm shift that I hope or that I feel like makes sense that would happen from um, the things that you take part in as part of just like a large collective um, Sunday gathering group versus like what when we look at those elements in the Bible like what the Bible has to say about them versus what is possible in like a small intimate house church um, and so it's almost something like it makes more sense when you walk through it but like the idea that um, the Bible gives us the heart, like God's heart towards us behind so many of the things that we do on Sunday, whether it's teaching or worship or communion or, or like the Bible gives us the God's heart behind mm -hmm. it, but it's not prescriptive. Um, and so even kind of like you were talking about how there's more opportunity for diversity. There's like a, I think a, I hope a paradigm shift that happens um, just like thinking about, you know, that on Sunday mornings we worship together, we sing songs together. Um, but that um, God's always made a way for his people to worship him. And, and like, just like thinking about the book of Psalms, like we have an, in, like an entire book of the Bible that is helping us experience the entire range of human emotion and, and express that to like a God who cares and that and how church we can do that together um, mm. experientially um, and like invite others into that. Um, like we've been going through the Psalms just in, in our house church and um, just like one um, like closing with one um, like at the end of our gathering time. And um, yeah, I love like, 
hearing everybody's heart, like seeing everyone's heart just like revealed it in, in the Psalms towards God. Um, like discipleship can happen in a church. It's structured versus in a house church. It's, it's almost like, how do we want to teach our children or how do we want to teach each other? Um, and so it's less about this is what we do and more about like, like what could that look like? What makes the most sense for us? How can we, how can we honor God and honor our children? Um, and like the, the thing that when I think about it is like the most exciting to me is thinking about um, just communion and, and what that looks like um, in a, in a Sunday gathering, like the idea that um, in a Sunday gathering, when I go in and take communion, I am, and it, and it like, I'm like, it's powerful, but going and remembering like that. Um, yeah. That, that, I, that, that Jesus sacrifice covers my sin that I'm, you know, reconciled to God because of what he has done on the cross for me. Um, but it's, it's kind of like something I'm partaking with. Um, but when I look in the Bible and I think about like, what does the Bible say about communion? It's so much more than that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's that through the entire Bible, we have like the picture of a God who, so strongly desires to dwell with the people he created that he, um, you know, in the old Testament, you know, the tabernacle was built so that God could come down and dwell amongst his people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, and then in, you know, John, we see, um, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus left heaven and built a home among us. Um, ultimately died on the cross for us so that we could then enter into communion with the one true God and then like true communion with each other. Um, and just thinking like, God, like what, what does it look like as a house church? Whereas um, we're like, yes, we partake in communion, but we also live mm. in communion with God and with each other. And we like mm. invite people into that. It's like, I don't know. It's so exciting to me thinking about the last supper, like, um, like Jesus was sharing a meal with the people that he loved. And so I love the idea of like, um, our time together is like a time spent dwelling on that and learning mm. from each other. And, um, I was telling you like, like in my ideal mind, like children are frolicking and everybody's happy. And I know that, that I can be idealistic in that nature, but then we, like we move to the table and we, um, like we commune, we like remember as we break, as we break this bread, like, um, we are communing with God, we're communing with each other. It's like, it's like a picture of the feast at revelation. It's like what we're built for. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just thinking that like, God, we, we can experience that together as a family. It's like, I don't know, very exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like experiencing life, right? Because, you know, you're saying, you know, it's this perfect picture of kids frolicking, <laughs> right? But I think we all know that it's really messy yeah. and things just don't go well on any given week. But you know what? What part of life does go well and is but like in, messy? But really inviting people into that and, and knowing that, like, despite the mess, like, um the like the god of heaven and earth meets us Absolutely. there and that is cool you yeah, know sure. that's good thanks libby yeah I, for me um 
I think one of the most exciting things for me is, I mean, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I personally was drawn to the bridge initially. Um, and a lot of that is based in my personality. And um, I'm sure many of you know me and know my tendency would be um, to go to church and just kind of like sit back in the back, <laughs> fade into the background and hope no one notices me. Um, and that's where my comfort zone is. Um, but that's not possible um, at being a part of a church plant and being a part of a house church, because mm. if that's what I do, then the house church won't be successful. Our church won't be successful. Like a small church will not be successful if that, if that is the way that our, our people are, you know, engaging yeah. um, or lack thereof. Um, and so for me, like that's, that's what it is. It's about the lore, uh, you know, owning and engaging in what we are called to as believers, what the, the great commission that Jesus you know, laid out in Matthew said, go therefore make disciples. It's not a go and sit in the background and fade into the back, Travis. It's a go and make disciples, be active, do this. And um, that's, I mean, that's one of the most exciting things for me is to, I mean, it's exciting and terrifying all at the same time. It's pulling me out of my comfort zone so that I can be an active participant in what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's definitely, you know, part of it. The other part is just, um, it's a couple of things that we, we say a lot um, at the bridge. And one of those is to be known and, or to know and be known. And um, when you're a part of a large group, I mean, especially for me, my tendency is like, Oh, I can just fade in the background. No one's going to know me. And that's fantastic. Um, but that's not what, what we're really meant to. That's not what we were created for. Uh, we were created to be in communion with God, but we were also uh, created to be in communion with one another. Um, and that doesn't happen, um, especially for me in, in large settings. And that's where a house church is, is a beautiful picture of that. It's because you're going to be meeting with the same small group of people week in and week out, um, your messy lives butting <laughs> up against each other. And you're, you're truly going to get to know each other. You know, the, the real authentic Travis people in our house church are going to know me. Um, they're going to know all my flaws, all my weaknesses, um, and, hopefully um, remember a couple of things on, uh, that God has gifted me in. So, uh, um, but that right there is where discipleship begins, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's where vulnerability um, um, meets accountability and mm -hmm. it's where you're, you're starting to um, starting to speak into each other's lives. It's where the Lord starts, you know, using, using each other to sharpen one, one another sharp as iron sharpens iron you know, we're going to sharpen one another and we're going to walk along each other, uh, alongside of each other um, in that vulnerability, in that um, space of authentic knownness um, mm -hmm. to, uh, to build each other up towards, towards the glory of God. Um, and um, the other thing is just, you know, I remember sitting in a room at Grace as Heath was kind of laying out like the vision for what the, what the bridge is. And, um, you know, he was saying that, you know, that's, that's the reason we have our name, right? Is that, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to be the bridge to people and that the front door of our church is not the actual door to the church. It's the door to our house. And that's where, um, you know, it's all these figurative things that we, we've kind of like set up, um, as our, you know, sort of our mission, it's, they're becoming literal, right? So it's, it's no, I mean, literally in a house church, the front door to your house <laughs> is the front door to your church. Um, and so that's the opportunity that we have to just to bring in your neighbors um, through your front door, building up those relationships um, and um, just being 
being the church and being, uh, being sent out and taking ownership of what we're called to, to mm -hmm. our community. So, mm -hmm. I mean, those, that's some of the things that are, that are super exciting for me. Also very scary. So. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. Oh, thank you guys. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to chime in and participate in that same question and just quickly just want to say, you know, just as we are all like, given space to be to kind of own and be responsible um, in life amongst one another. Um, that's also kind of true of it's also true of our, our commission, the Great Commission being sent. And I just think, you know, sometimes we can kind of rest in like being a part of a church that values mission and values engagement and says that, and, and exist as a sent church. And we can kind of say, well, because I'm part of this church, I'm sent. And I just, I, what I love about this is that it empowers and also compels truly every Christ follower to be sent. It positions us well to be sent as well as like you've been talking about already. Um, it's harder not to, to be, you get it. It's, you can't hide. And so, you know, like the great commission is not just for churches. Like a church is only sent if it's people are sent. Like what we've been saying, like it doesn't yeah. work. It's not all of us um, pursuing this and growing in this, you know, and I just, I've thought about it. Like God is a missionary God who, who came to us, right? He is the one who went to the foreign land and came to us and like, and I've just kind of been convicted that we ask the world to live as the sent ones. And we ask the world to be the missionaries. And then oftentimes we operate in a way that, that kind of ask them, ask of them that they would be the ones coming to us. And I just love that this more holistically and more naturally sends us out more, you know, as a whole. And, it, you know, we've got square footage across the whole city and it's just ever, you know, anyone's home can become a place of, of the gospel and a place of ministry. And so just to see that we don't have to make, we're not left to make the unknown world be the unknowing world be the missionaries, but we get to actually live the missionary heart of God in this way. So I want to ask this last question, if we can like try to do it in one minute or less, like what would, what would you hope people would walk away with um, after today? Try to do it in one minute or less. It just, the weight of the call that we've been given um, in terms of, you know, going and making disciples, as you're saying that, we would be sent um, to our neighborhoods um, and not allowing us to, to be participant, just, you know, sitting back, but being at the forefront, engaging, being active participants in, in that calling um, and uh, just taking ownership of that and, you know, allowing, but also uh, you know, knowing that we're going to do it wrong. We're going to mess up because we are flawed and sinful humans, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that is going to overcome all of those things, thankfully. Um, and ultimately the glory of God will be known with or without us, mm -hmm. but um, it's truly awesome opportunity that, that the Lord gives us to be a part of that, so. Amen, that's right, that's great. What about you, Libby? Um, yeah, I think, just the idea of, um, like, what is it like almost just try to in, like, like for myself and for anyone else trying to in, like, like have like an inspired imagination, like what mm. would it look like for us to be the family of God in this way? Um, yeah. 
thinking about, like I was thinking about in Mark 10, 29, where Jesus, like Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who's left house or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or lands for my sake, for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so like, like thinking that that is a promise that Jesus makes to those who would, um, who would risk everything to trust in him. And it's a promise that he intends to fulfill with, with us, mm-hmm. like with the family of God. Um, and l- like just thinking like what, um, what would it look like um, for us to live as a family of God in this way that um, a, a, an author that I really like, Ros- Rosaria Betterfield says, um, to, to take the hand of the neighbor and put it in the hand of a savior. So like, what would it look like for us to, to fulfill Jesus's promise towards those who have yet to come to know him um, and to do it by taking the hands of our neighbors and putting it in the hands of our saviors. I think it's um, so exciting and um, personally challenging. Um, so just like wanting to, um, yeah, like just ask people to like pray and imagine and, and dream with, with us together. That's so oh, that's so good. That's so good. Well, I'll just close with this then. And I want to close just with a thought from an excerpt from Francis Chan's book, Letters to the Church, and then we'll close with a passage from Hebrews. But um, Francis Chan in Letters to the Church writes, and he starts off by quoting uh, Ephesians 1, 19 and 21. He says, and it says, I pray you would know what is the, uh, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And again, that's Ephesians 1, 19 through 21. And then he says, take a close look at the words immeasurable greatness of his power from verse 19. When is the last time someone reminded you of this truth? It is similar to what Paul said in Ephesians 3, 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all uh, than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. And then he says this, he says, name three people you know who live as if they believe this. And so I just want to, you know, invite you to pray. And, and man, if this is something that, that you believe, man, lean in hard. And pray that this will manifest with fruit in your life. And know that others around you need to know that you believe this and need to, and need to be invited into that. If this is something that, that, that sounds beautiful but foreign, um, man, step into pursuing this with the others in your house, church. And I just want to invite everyone to pray. Like, what is your opportunity in pursuing this with us? What is the Lord compelling you to and let's let the Lord, uh, just as Libby just said, kind of awaken an inspired imagination of what could be when we actually realize that we are empowered, that we are loved, that we are secure in Jesus and made a people. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for the for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near Hmm. would you would you close us in prayer yeah for sure
Um, Father God, we just um, we humbly we come humbly before you, Lord. Um, just acknowledging, like you are, you are far above us, Lord. You are um, our Creator. Um, your ways are not our ways. They are greater than our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. They're greater than our thoughts. Um, and so, Father, we just ask that you would um, stir up and tune our heart's desires um, towards the good gifts that you give, Lord God, um, that we would be a people who um, long um, to see your glory manifest now, um, to be a people who um, who know that your kingdom um, is at work now. It is, um, but it is also imperishable. It can never be taken from us. And it is, um, God, just worth um, worth devoting and um, surrendering our lives to. Um, and so, Lord God, like as we consider. Uh, as we consider this time of change for our church and um, for your church, Lord God, like this is your church. Um, as we consider a time of change, we just, um, I just ask that we would be unified um, in you, Lord God, that we would, um, yeah, we would seek your ways above everything um, that you would Lord just stir up within our hearts um, a holy imagination for what this could look like. Mm. Um that we would, uh, God, we would stake our claim on um, what we see to be true in your word and your Holy Spirit in us. Um, and that that would kind of even inspire us to be like risk takers for the sake of your gospel. Um, like thinking, we talked about it earlier, but thinking like um, Paul saying, like, I have become all things to all people so that some might come to know you. Um, he says he's like, he's a slave for the gospel. Um, Lord God, that just that we would be slaves for your gospel. Um, that is my prayer, Father God. Um, I, I pray for everybody and hearing this, Lord God, everybody and uh, just all, like everybody who calls the bridge their home, Lord, that um, uh, just truly that this would be a starting place, um, a starting place for prayers and deep conversation and, um, and ultimately that, um, that it would lead us, um, towards a, a full picture of what you have for us. We, we, mm -hmm. I, I surrender my hopes of what that looks like to you or, or like my over idealized images of what that looks like to you. Um, and ask that, that just truly you would be at work. We praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Travis and Libby, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate you guys. Thank y'all. Yeah, this was fun. Good. Hey, guys, we're glad. Thank you for joining us for this. We really do hope to see you soon. Don't forget, we are better together for the glory of God and that we commit to a journey of transformation together toward Jesus for God's glory. Hope to see you soon, guys. Have a good one.